Hello and welcome to the Pixel Swim Podcast, episode 59. I am Steve Heinrich, your host, and this is the podcast where I take a dive into my personal journey through design and technology and where they meet, plus other tidbits that I find interesting. Today is Thursday, March 7th, as I record this, and this is being also released today on March 7th, 2019. Visit pixelswim.com for all of the show notes and social links if you want to follow along with anything that I share today in the show notes, or if you want to head over to the show notes page and leave feedback, that would be great as well, or connect on any of the social media too. So yeah, let's dive into our weekly feedback notes and links. So this will be (laughs) kind of getting away from the main section of the show because it all kind of blends together in the notes section I've been finding in my in my show notes that I keep here before I record. So we're just going to just dive in like we usually do and I'm not going to separate it out like a, like I like I have in the past. So I will talk at length, you know, more at length about different parts of this, but so first of all, on my my notes here is just to say happy March. This is my first episode in March. This uh, last one was at the end of February, so Happy March, everybody. Anyway, (laughs) uh, let's go into the feedback section of the show. Thank you uh, for your feedback from a few people who left feedback on the show notes page at pixelswim.com. So first of all, uh, Keith B., uh, Keith Bartlett, who was the winner of the Pixel Swim giveaway recently for the the one-year giveaway, I think, episode 52. So uh, Keith left some feedback So Keith says, he says, I noticed that Nokia 9, I think he means N9, for sale as well. He's talking about the one that I bought off of Steve Lichfield off the PSC Classifieds. He said he was tempted just to try another OS. So he says it will be interesting to see what still works on that phone in a future podcast. Uh, Today's the day. (laughs) I'll let everybody know so far my experiences with it in a little bit here. But he says he has a Nokia Asha 501. And since the Nokia servers have closed, it is now useless apart from the phone and SMS and browsing. Uh, The built-in Facebook, Twitter apps don't work. And strangely, it doesn't remember Wi-Fi logins. Also, I have an Asha. He has an Asha 201 QWERTY S40 feature phone. This is even worse as it can't even browse. It keeps telling him to check the the time and date. I think an update never came through before the servers were closed down so the Apple browser and store never got installed uh, the old asha s40 platform is what kai os should now be so yeah he's talking about kai os there that's the the os that the i believe nokia has released on their that 3310 and the 8110 the their re-release of those phones uh, have kai os ki kai os on it and yeah, it's like a feature, a feature phone OS uh, that's kind of a little more modern and up to date, kind of uses a little bit more internet connectivity as far as syncing your accounts and stuff like that, I think. And there's some other possible things that you could do with it. I think it actually is based off of Firefox OS, if I'm remembering that right. And it's kind of a, a web-based OS, but... Yeah, thanks, Keith, for leaving feedback about that. Yeah, about the old phones, basically, and how they kind of become useless when they start turning off servers for certain services on the phone. And I'm going to go over, like I said, in a little bit, my experience with the N9 so far, which I 
have quite a bit of experience with it since I got it, and which was not long after uh, the, I released the last episode. So, so anyway, thanks Keith for leaving that feedback on the show notes page. It's always interesting to hear about uh, other people's experiences with old phones and trying to use them in you know currently in current times so uh thanks to guillermo ortiz for leaving feedback he says another great show he asks have you been following mwc what would be your standout product from this year just curious to know thanks uh yeah so i did respond that i think uh, i really haven't been following mwc super closely uh there's just a lot (laughs) i'm you know been pretty busy lately so i haven't really kept up with what's going on at mobile world congress and but the one thing that i you know i think the the big takeaway for me so far, and it's probably just because it was covered on all about Windows Phone, which I still you know follow and look at pretty much daily, is the Nokia Nine, the 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 one that came out the with the five cameras on the back of it. Yeah, I think that that to me is the standout so far uh, from what limited you know amount of stuff that I've seen that's come out of MWC. I think that that's as far as Nokia goes. I think and and camera uh, mobile photography it's probably the best uh best thing that you could hope for <laughs> coming out of there so hopefully the camera will be good i see that uh juan bagnell who uh has gotten his hands on one uh, from a best buy here in the u.s so he's starting to review that and i'm curious to to know what he's thinks about it because he's very photography and and content creation focused uh, as far as his smartphones go and so, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. But yeah, that's my big standout, I suppose, from MWC. But thanks, Guillermo, for leaving feedback. Uh, also, thanks to Stu Miller for leaving his uh, some feedback on the show notes page, too. I think that's where it all was this week. So yeah, uh, a good good amount of feedback on the show notes page at Pixelswim.com. So Stu says, hi, Steve. I'm very much liking your efforts to build on your archive of previous devices. I'm sure Steve's N9, Steve Litchfield's N9 will be great to have. I've often thought of repurchasing some of my smartphones, and recently I've been annoyed with myself for selling some of them in the first place, i.e. a mint condition Nokia E90, which would now be outside of my archive budget if, if I could even find one. Looking at your list, until recently, I could have supplied you with one of your past devices free. Alas, I threw it out last year as I tried several batteries, but the phone would not start. It was laugh out loud the nokia 6110 number one on my list so yeah thanks Stu, uh for uh if you still had that 6110 which was the, my very first cell phone the nokia 6110 he would have been able to send it but he did the right thing about <laughs> by getting rid of it if it wasn't powering on even with multiple batteries yeah i would have done the same thing i would have probably would have recycled that and yeah uh but th- yeah that's kind of interesting that Stu brings that up because uh Actually, it kind of sparked me to go back to my phone history page and update it a little bit on on my website uh, just to be a little bit more clear about which phones I still have. So I went on the the my phone history page and kind of bolded and asterisked the uh, the phones that I still have in my possession. Some of them are just in a drawer, you know, some of them I have out on a little stand, but yeah, I just thought I would go through and kind of update that just so everybody knows what I have uh, currently. Just so you, you know, quick look over the list, you can see what's in my collection. Not 
and I'm <laughs> I'm just realizing this is not a ploy to try and get people to send me phones that I don't have in my collection. I just uh, I just want to keep that list uh, clear and updated and everything like that. So uh, thanks to you for sparking that. And also with that in mind, I actually did get the I talked about it last time that the the last phone for my archive that I wanted was the uh, Microsoft Lumia 640. And so I did find one on eBay and I did <laughs> have purchased that to, to have it come in and kind of be the last phone in my archive uh, dot 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 for now. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, let's just say the collection is complete for the moment. And I've marked that as in my collection. It hasn't arrived yet, but yeah, it's it's kind of nice to be able to go back and find these devices on eBay for pretty cheap now you know you can easily get them up get them in uh even in really great condition so that was kind of the case with this lumia 640 so i thought i would jump on that and you know this way i don't you know i can stop <laughs> stop spending money so but yeah if anybody out there has or knows of a nokia e90 uh for stew told them i would keep a lookout on the on ebay here in the u.s if i found one at a, at a really good price uh, if anybody out there knows of a Nokia E90 that they'd be willing to talk to Stu about for his collection. Yes, yeah, so just uh, get in contact with me or with Stu on the show notes page. That's for episode 58. He's uh, He left a comment there. So I'm sure if you reached out on that page, it, you could get in direct contact. Otherwise, you can just contact me and I'll we'll just get the conversation going. I'd like I'd like building my my collection and I can understand regretting selling a device, uh, which was kind of the case with my Nokia N9 and part of why I purchased it when the opportunity came. So especially at a, a good price. So, yeah, uh, if anybody can help Stu out, that would be all the better. So thank you, everybody, for your feedback this week. Always appreciated. Uh, visit Pixelswim.com for that. If I haven't said that a hundred times already, Pixelswim.com, Pixelswim.com. Anyway, uh, let's move on in our notes here. Okay, so we've got our weekly report on the... Oh, I said it, I said it wrong already. It's uh, the LG G6 weekly report. So again, just reporting back on my LG so I can keep myself accountable and using it. So I actually did put the uh, Rinky case back on. That's that TPU, kind of a clearish smoke-colored TPU case with uh, the port covers on the headphone and the USB-C port. And so, yeah, I put that back on just because I wanted a little bit of a, you know, smaller hand-in-hand uh, -hand feel <laughs> or whatever you want, a smaller imprint on the phone. And I kind of just gotten used to the ports. There's a thing with them where you just kind of have to get used to the way that you open them. Basically, you have to hold the phone <laughs> a little bit differently and kind of peel them open and hold them open for when you're plugging in a headphone jack or the uh, USB-C cable. So yeah, just, I have that back on there. It was kind of annoying at first, but I thought I would try it again, you know, just to give it a, a real go. And yeah, it's just nice to nice thin case on there. But other than that, I just uh, wanted to report that the the speaker on the LG G6 is actually really good. <laughs> I know I've said this in the past, but uh, listening to podcasts and some soft music, it's just it's a really good speaker for podcasts, especially very clear, very loud enough. You know, it's not the loudest phone in the world. Obviously, it's just one speaker, but it 
it gets plenty loud and uh, and also for speakerphone calls, it's very good as well. So I have, you know, conference calls during the week and I can just put on the speaker and, you know, continue to work hands free without having, you know, needing a, a head headset or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, I just I just want to throw some love to the speaker that I appreciate how good it is. But, yeah, that's been the LG G6 weekly report. So thank you for listening to that yet again. All right, so the next note on the list here is that I did get an update uh, on that Soda Pop Bluetooth speaker that I ordered <laughs> many moons ago. Feels like I can't even remember when I did ordered that. It was October, November last year. Uh, either way, that was the, I think, Indiegogo campaign where basically crowdfunded speaker and they went that, you know, they had a few delays and in, in producing it and then it was the Chinese New Year and now they're back producing them again so all of the orange versions of it the orange plastic versions of it have been shipped I ordered the black version so I I opted to just stick with that because I guess I could have got the orange version early you know that's the one where they 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 offered the option to switch to the orange version so you could get it earlier but I stuck with the black version because I'm going to be you know I want to use the (laughs) that's the one that I wanted so uh, but they did send another update and that they're going back into production with all of the other different colors that they had for that soda pop speaker. And again, if you uh, haven't heard me talk about it, it's just the the Bluetooth speaker where you can screw in a soda bottle. And there's one that actually comes with it that's a little more specially designed to increase the bass resonance in it. And it's supposed to be really good and interesting. And I was really intriguing when I saw the saw that and I decided to to get one but like I said that was months ago but yeah so that's in production and hopefully I'll be getting that soon (laughs) I keep saying that but I mean they you know they've been more than good about keeping everybody updated and putting out you know an update once a month about where they're at so I'm not too concerned about it you know it's never something that I needed to get in so I just appreciate the communication it's always good on especially on those crowdfunding purchases so Yeah, I just thought I'd give a little update on the Soda Pop speaker. All right, so the next thing on the list, and I think I actually forgot to mention this on the last episode, uh, which is probably, it probably would have rounded out the episode and made it longer, but I completely forgot about it. Like I said, I've been super busy trying to, you know, do a lot of things, so I didn't slip my mind, basically. But I did get the Sony Xperia XZ XZ1 (laughs) compact all set up and ready to go for my wife. So, yeah, it took a little bit of, you know, doing because she, you know, she does a lot of stuff on her phone with apps and and things like that. And so there's a lot of signing in and and installing apps and and getting everything set up, some two factor authentication stuff for her school. And, you know, it's all, you know, it's not super straightforward. But I did manage to get all of it set up. And and really, one of the biggest things with her and transferring stuff is her SMS slash MMS messages uh, and getting those transferred over because there's a lot of them. Uh, and I actually had, you know, it takes a while to back all those up. I've been using or I've always almost always used the SMS backup and restore from the Google Play Store. Uh, it's a pretty straightforward app where you can back, you know, back everything up and do a a nice package and uh, transfer it, you know, you can upload it to the cloud or store it on the phone and, you know, move it over, move the file over and restore it using the same app. And usually that's what what I do. And that's what I did this time. And so 
Uh, it takes a while, depending. Uh, she's got a lot of messages on there, and so I, I, it ta- it's just one of those things where it's kind of, I just kind of wish that Google had gotten, you know, can get their act together on a on an SMS, MMS app, and one that will back everything up. And please forgive me if I'm if I'm being ignorant about. And there is an app out there by Google that will you know, back all that up and easily sync it over to another device. But and now that I'm thinking about it, does the messaging app, Google's Messenger messaging? I don't know. Everybody knows or not. Everybody knows if you don't know Google's uh, messaging app situation is pretty messy. So there's not exactly one clear way to go about it. So I've always just kind of kept everything separate as far as SMS goes and backing it up with third party apps and stuff like that. And I actually think I run keep use that SMS backup and restore to to back up uh, periodically just all of my messages like every Sunday night, that kind of thing. Anyway, so usually when I restore all of the messages on her phone, because it does take a long time because, you know, there's thousands and thousands of messages from years of using it, you know, a device. Usually I just go back this time I went back and the nice thing about the SMS backup and restore is that you can select a time period to restore messages from. So I just went back to the beginning of the year and she was, you know, she was fine with that. If there's anything before that, I just keep her, I keep I'm keeping the LG Q6 around for a little bit with every all of her stuff still installed and, and signed in just in case she needs to go back and get a message that's older than that. But usually doesn't happen. But, you know, you never know. So it's good to have the full backup just at the ready, you know. So on that XZ1, the compact, there is a fingerprint scanner in the power button, but it is not turned on in the settings because of, I guess, uh, thanks, Mike Latore said it was because of license, licensing issues here in the US for Sony. So not a huge deal, but I f- did turn on the smart lock settings with the pin, uh, with the pin passcode, whatever you want to call it. And the it's not working super well uh, as far as the location based smart lock settings, you know, where you can when you're at home, it'll stay unlocked kind of a thing. Uh, it's kind of been kind of intermittent and working here and there but uh it hasn't been too big a deal she doesn't open her phone a million times a day and so it's not as big a deal but uh i did turn on the you know with for all of her bluetooth devices i did turn on smart lock with that so that makes it a lot easier because she connects to bluetooth in the car and it just keeps the phone unlocked and and she has the the phone mounted on a steering wheel mount and so there is no double tap to wake, which is what she was using on the LG Q6 and the power buttons on the side. And in general, the phone, you know, the the mount that she uses kind of clips onto the sides. So she has to move it just a little bit off center of the mount to make sure that the power button is exposed. But because it's such a small phone, uh, you know, in comparison to other phones, it's not a big deal. You know, it's not a huge big off balance device kind of a thing. So uh, it's worked out well in the car. But overall, she's uh, had much better reception on the phone than with the Q6. Uh, the Q6 actually had that similar problem that I had uh, that I talked about in the past about SMS and MMS not working super well. Basically, kind of if the the signal, it, here's what I can kind of gather with with her Q6 is she would have it on her bedside and I kind of gathered that that was sort of a little bit of a dead zone, or at least it would go in and out, because what would happen is she would 
the phone would be just sitting there on the bedside table and all of a sudden, you know, about <laughs> like if there was a, you know, group message conversation with, you know, between her family there, a lot, you know, and there was a bunch of messages, they would all come in at once and usually out of order because if it kind of seemed like the, the signal had dropped out and then it had sw swooped back in and then dropped all the messages in. And so, yeah, with the, the Xperia XZ1 Compact, it seems like the signal strength is a lot better. So she hasn't had that issue since uh, we put her onto that phone. So that's a good, good, another good thing. It's just been overall much better. You know, I asked her about the lag because the Q6 had quite a bit of lag on it, doing certain things on the phone. And she says, well, I haven't noticed anything. So, <laughs> which is a good thing because everything's been very smooth and runs very smooth on it. And I think overall, it was probably the best buy for her, uh, especially because she wanted to stay in the Android world and have those front-facing speakers. And yeah, and I've noticed that her it, the battery is very good on it for her. Which usually, when she gets home, there's the lowest I think I've seen it so far after a full day of her being gone is like 65% left. So, very good battery life on it uh, for her use, which is really good. But yeah, I th again, I didn't mention this last week, but she's been using it for a couple weeks now and it's been working out really well. So I thought I'd make sure and mention it this week. OK, so the next note on my list here is that uh, before I get I'm going to save the end my escapades with the N9 <laughs> for the last thing, I think uh, it's the most in-depth part. But I have been I think this is actually out of MWC. So maybe this is this can go on that list, uh, Guillermo. So I was intrigued by the Lenovo ThinkVision M14. Uh, which, yeah, speaking last week of all the peripherals that I was getting from my computer, this is uh, an external monitor that is powered via USB-C and you can then that's it. Like, that's all you need. And it's a very thin 14 inch monitor that you can set up with your laptop. It's meant to be used with uh, ThinkPad. It's called ThinkVision. You know, it's very branded, very much like the ThinkPad. And I'll put a link to this in the show notes. It is, like I said, it's a 14 inch, I think 1080p display, but basically it's just a companion display for your laptop that, you know, is powered and by the USB-C port on the side of your ThinkPad. So very, very, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued because I think that would be, actually, I could probably use that. Uh, I think that's a, you know, get a little extra screen real estate and be able to pack it up in my bag and take it with me because it is very thin and it's got, you know, it's, it's basically the monitor and then a stand on it and it has a USB-C port on both sides of it. So you can put the put the monitor on either side of the laptop and be able to plug it in. So that's kind of a it's kind of a cool device. Like I said, I'll put a link to the Windows Central coverage of it. I think that's where I saw it originally on YouTube, uh, Windows Central's review or hands on with it definitely something I'm interested in <laughs> to kind of expand my my workspace. And so I guess it, it's supposed to come out this summer and be about $250, uh, which is, uh, you know, a little st steep, but considering the convenience of it and, uh, you know, the productivity positives of it, that uh, for me, I think it might actually be you know, useful. So I'm, I'm curious to actually maybe see that somewhere. I don't know. I don't think Best Buy is going to carry it. I don't think Best Buy carries the ThinkPad stuff. I think they carry mostly the consumer 
consumer grade stuff. So I don't know if I'll actually be able to see it, but I'd be curious to try that out and see. But yeah, I thought I'd uh, drop that in because I saw that on YouTube <laughs> the, the other day and was like, hmm, actually, <laughs> I could probably use something like that uh, because of how portable it is. And I can take it with me and take it to work and, you know, have it there as well. So and it's all powered through one cord, which is very cool. But yeah, check out the show notes for that link. Another quick note here is that for work, I actually use, uh, we signed up for most of our websites. We've just used HostGator as our host for those because it's, you know, real cheap and easy and has pretty much everything we need for all the websites that we build. So I didn't really, I didn't know this until actually just yesterday that they actually support Let's Encrypt SSL certificates now, but I did not find this. They did. I swear they're not advertising this. Uh, for one of our websites, we actually purchased an SSL certificate for it and, you know, for like $39 for the year, something to that effect. And yesterday when I was going and doing some work on another one of our company websites, I noticed that, you know, I was checking out HTTPS on it and it was working. <laughs> I was really shocked uh, that it was actually secure. And so essentially they turned on, I guess I found a, an art, a, a post about this is that they, they turned on Let's Encrypt SSL certificates by default in the in your hosting account. And this is like a shared hosting account. So we don't have any like dedicated server or anything like that. But either way, they turned it on by default. Uh, and so basically every website that you host with them will have its own SSL certificate, which is pretty cool. And like I said, they did not advertise this anywhere. I had no idea. <laughs> so and I get the the post that I saw for it was of August of last year. So I've not known about it for a little while now. But either way, it was nice to be able to set up our other websites, or at least the one that I was working on on an SSL connection. So it was another WordPress based website that, you know, if you use a plugin, you can essentially transform it into an HTTPS uh, website. So, yeah. Anyway, thanks, HostGator, for the heads up. <laughs> real, real kind of you. Uh, they're not my favorite host, obviously, uh, because they don't offer as much or as many features as you would find with another host uh, like Stablehost, which is my current personal hosting. But and I'm actually trying to move our work stuff over to Stablehost. But now I don't know if we need to um, because of these SSL certificates. That was one of the big things of why I was going to move all those sites over. But hmm, yeah, I got to reconsider that. <laughs> Luckily, the Stablehost is pretty cheap. So either way, just wanted to mention that this week. All right. So just wanted to share a quick link as well. Uh, actually, sometimes I stumble across old links in my bookmarks and I figured why not share this one? This is one that I've used in the past. Actually, they've been around since 2009. It's a website called NameCheck and it's N-A-M-E-C-H-K dot com. So they kind of removed all the vowels and a couple letters from the check in their name. And either way, name check. And uh, I'll put a link in the show notes to this. Uh, I Like I said, I've used this in the past. I actually used this many years ago. I swear, like probably nine or ten years ago when they first came out with their site. And essentially what this is, is you can type in a username that you maybe you're looking to 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 do. And I actually did this with Pixel Swim way back when. And 
type it in and it will essentially go out and ping all of the a, a whole bunch dozens of social networks to see if that username is available on that social network and basically you can go through and st- if, if you're doing some sort of like branding or something like that or you just want to see what's out there and what's available on on certain social networks then this will ping all of them and show you whether or not they're available uh, some of them obviously doesn't apply to for the most part, most of the social networks on there are, you know, they they use a username sort of thing. So, yeah, that's a really great website uh, for quickly checking whether or not a username is available on a platform or multiple platforms. Again, for like branding purposes, this, you know, might is a nice and handy tool. I think they added domain uh, search as well right at the top. So it'll show you like uh, with like, say, for Pixel Swim, you We'll see that the pixelswim.com is is taken, but it will also check to see if all of the other sort of domain extensions are available as well. So and then that way you can go and see, you know, the to the extent of what how far that username reaches out into the Internet, basically <laughs> into the major parts of the Internet anyway, uh, as far as domains and social networks and different websites and stuff like that but yeah check out the show notes namecheck.com like i said it's not spelled like that it's n-a-m-e-c-h-k.com again link in the show notes for that but yeah interesting and handy website all right so the last bit of notes for the week is of course and i've mentioned it already is my adventures with the nokia n9 and i think i said i got it right after the last episode but it was actually last saturday so a couple days after the last episode that I got that in and from Steve Litchfield, who was kind enough to send it over the pond. So I did get that in on Saturday and I've, yeah, again, I just to overall, let's, I'm just going to recap how I feel about the, the N9. I uh, just uh, turning it on and, and using it again. Yeah. I just love the interface on it. It's uh, just feels so much simpler and just kind of is really disappointing that you cannot, you cannot continue really to use this phone very much uh, or that it didn't get continued support and development from Nokia. I think this was, I think how it goes is that the Mego Harmattan operating system, well, Harmattan, I believe was the version of Mego that was on uh, the Nokia N9 was, I think it was right before Nokia was purchased by Microsoft or something to that effect. And essentially they moved away into Windows Phone right after this. (laughs) So this phone was essentially dead on arrival, but somehow it got produced enough to where, you know, I found it in the United States years ago and and tried it out. And honestly, it's the phone that kind of has made me realize or made me realize how much of a phone geek I was because I wanted to try it. But either way, love the interface. Uh, The swiping navigation on it is so natural. Uh, Eat your heart out, iPhone. (laughs) Although I've never, no, I haven't used the iPhone swiping navigation, so I can't really speak to that. But the, the, like I said, the swiping is really, really easy on it. Um, And especially because the phone is so tiny. (laughs) It is so small. And I forgot how small it is. It's like you just over the years, you just, it's like one of those it's just a gradual thing that happened how big phones have gotten next to my my LG G6 the Nokia N9 is you know it's it's way smaller it 
very easily a one-handed phone. So I, it's just <laughs> I can't overstate how small the phone is and how much I didn't realize how small it was until now. But I was able to set up my Outlook account settings on it. Uh, there is an exchange. There are exchange settings on in the Nokia N9 that all seem to work. It wasn't ex- you know 100% seamless, so I did have to kind of you know finagle the server settings based on what Microsoft you know offers up as the Outlook.com settings, which I think is like it's like Outlook.Office365.com. It's the server, but either way, it did pull in all of my contacts and email and calendar. So all of that stuff still works well on there. And like I said, the interface is really nice. So the can the calendar and the and the contacts and the email apps are yeah, it all worked fairly well and it was pretty easy to to set up, you know, obviously with a little bit of nuance in the, the server settings, but essentially making it, you know, very easy to use feature phone <laughs> uh, at the very least. So uh, nice to be able to pull all that information in very quickly and easily without having to, you know, go through too many hoops. So like I said, it's basically kind of a feature, a feature phone at this point, but really I can live with the apps that are on the phone itself because it has all the basics there for doing basic things like listening to music, watching videos. Uh, you know, you can't do a ton through the browser anymore. I think it actually has problems with HTTPS and certain certificates uh, for certain websites. Uh, that just simply would not load. I was able to load pixelswim.com on there, and that's HTTPS. And so, yeah, I didn't have a problem with that. But I did notice that some sites that have secure certificates, it did not load. Uh, so the browser is obviously a little bit out of date. It is from back in 2012. So, you know, not everything is uh, up to date. So <laughs> some things just simply will not load. One little nuance, too, is, is I was actually using it uh, one night before I was going to bed and I uh, turned on, you know, I didn't, I, I switched my SIM card over it to it, which is the first time I've done that in a long time <laughs> uh, to try and get the, the, all the settings set up and see how it worked on the network. Cause it is a 3g phone. Uh, there's no 4g on it. So I think it's actually HSPA plus or something like that. So it did, I think it's a 3.5 G at one point, but either way, uh, it's not terribly slow, but I did have my SIM card in it. It was getting late, so I decided to just keep my SIM card in it for the night. And, you know, I set an alarm on it and I forgot uh, it did. It woke me up. But then I in the morning, I switched back over to my LG G6, put my SIM card back in there and turned off the Nokia N9. And I didn't really have a chance the rest of that day to, to, to use the N9. So I had it turned off. And so but the next morning. And I completely forgot that phones even did this. And I forgot that the Nokia N9 did this is it will still, even if the phone is off, <laughs> play the alarm. It will still sound the alarm if you have one set. So just something to a little weird, something to keep in mind with this N9. If I turn on an alarm, even if, even if it's off, it'll still try and wake you up. So <laughs> And actually, this morning, again, the same thing happened. I forgot that I didn't turn it off. And yeah, I heard it ringing in the other room. So such a weird feature. I'm not sure if it's good or bad. Uh, let me know if you think it's good or bad. I think it has its its use, you know, uh, to for battery saving purposes. You could literally just turn it off every night and not and, and the alarm will still go off in the morning, which is 
yeah, talk about standby time. <laughs> so well, you don't have to, to charge the phone up. But either way, just wanted to mention that little factoid about it. The one thing about it, and this kind of led me down a rabbit hole big time, was that there's no podcast app on the phone. So, the, you know, I was trying to think of ways to actually, you know, kind of get around that fact because there is a music app on there. And so I figured, you know, I can just download the podcasts and, you know, connect the N9 to my PC and just load them in and listen to them through the music app. But that isn't ideal, obviously, because you're not really met. You have to differently and more inconveniently manage your podcasts on your PC, really. And so I didn't want to do that necessarily. And I knew that and and looking into it before I even started uh, or even got the N9, I saw an article or a post on Medium. Uh, I can't remember who it's by. Oh, okay, so it's by Giovanni Manelli. And it's basically the title of it is using a Nokia N9 in 2018, the starting guide. So I read this a little while ago. Uh, he wrote this on October 12th of 2018. I think I read it a few months after that, or a couple months, at the very least. And was you know I was like, oh, that's interesting because the N9 was always on my radar at that point. And so yeah, it goes over setting up the N9, you know, for to try and use it in 2018. Uh, in my case, 2019. Obviously, the software really is the the biggest thing on it that that is uh, an issue. So, but through this article, I saw a section in it called alternative stores. So the OV store on the, the Nokia N9, uh, the app store is dead. There's no, <laughs> there are no more servers connected to it. So a uh, very obvious thing, you know, because it's been been dead for a while and there's no, you know, you can't purchase music or anything either. But it was intriguing to see that there are other sort of backup stores, the community driven, where they've backed up a lot of the apps that were in the OV store for the the N9 or or for Migo. So like I said, I started down a rabbit hole and I was uh, there's a, a website uh, or actually I'll start with the fact that there's a an alternative app store that you could install called Warehouse. And basically, it has access to certain repos with all of these different apps in it where and you can browse the, these repos through this this app that's like a store and you can in, download and install repositories uh, of these apps that you can download and install. So that was my mission to try and get Warehouse, the, the app Warehouse installed on the N9. So and, and also there's a website called openrepos.net that you can find a lot of the apps that backed up that were on the OV store. So there, and I, you know, I did a search and found on that site that there, there's a few, few different podcast apps. Um, actually, just a couple, I think, two that I was honing in on one called Podcatcher and one called G Potter. And that one, uh, if you've heard of gpotter.net, is basically the the Migo or Harman app for G Potter. And, uh, you know, these are two apps to manage your podcasts. And so I tried because you can download those deb files, which are the the app packages for the N9. And you can I tried to install those on the N9 as it was. And 
you know, the, the installation failed. And so, yeah, I went down a huge rabbit hole in <laughs> trying to get warehouse installed because it's not it's a little bit nuanced and, you know, there's different things you have to enable developer mode and just a lot of I'm going to try and and write up a blog post about this at some point because I had to piece together a lot of things from a lot of different places to try and figure out how to get the apps installed. But I did find a process that did work <laughs> to try and get these installed. And I kind of typed out a quick overview of of what I had to do. And unfortunately, at the end of it, here's the huge caveat is that I think after the phone rebooted, after I did this process, it negated everything in the process because I was unable to install any apps after I think I rebooted the phone. So I'm not sure if I have to go through it again. But either way, I found the Reddit link that kind of led to a bunch of different resources for the N9. And so that was really helpful. Ultimately, what it came down to was that I could I couldn't get anything installed with the firmware that was currently on the device, which was like the stock firmware, the the direct, you know, the, the original firmware for the phone. So ultimately, I ended up downloading the firmware for it, a new firmware file for it and flashing it on to the N9. So I downloaded the firmware. I found that there was a a flasher exe file that I needed as well. If you've ever flashed any anything on to Android, like a, an Android rooted device or a device you were trying to unlock the bootloader, there is the fast boot, I believe it is, <laughs> it's called, that you use to put commands into the, the fast boot section of your Android device. And so essentially this flasher for the N9 works similarly. So basically you you can run commands while the phone is in a certain boot mode. And yeah, so I was able to install the firmware that I had found, uh, legitimate firmware that I found and and get that installed. And that was really the big breakthrough in getting all these other things up and running. Uh, because like I said, the stock firmware just simply was not working. So yeah, I had to flash the new firmware, got a, a the your vo- your warranty is now void uh, message. Now, every time I boot up the phone, much like on Android, uh, these are both based off of Linux. So the Android and Mego both were our Linux OSs. So I was able to then install uh, again. This is all through a process of trying to figure out what I needed to do in order to get these apps installed so then you have to install this n9 repo mirror app on it on the the n9 from that open repos.net website and essentially what this does is it changes the settings in the phone system to stop looking at the nokia servers as far as the apps go Uh, and this is a big problem when you're trying to install apps or find and and things like that because it's still looking at servers that are are not there and so essentially this n9 repo mirror app will change those settings to these these repository servers that are actually up and running so this actually allows you to turn on the developer mode which you need i guess to uh, install apps on the side on the side successfully and then right after that, there is a uh, warehouse, which is the, the the alternative store app installer app <laughs> before you install the 
actual warehouse app itself. This this app will do it for you and, and then load repositories, etc. So I actually was able to get that installed because of the new firmware. And then I was still having trouble with an error when I when I finally got the warehouse app installed and I could not get the main screen of this warehouse app to show repository of apps but I was able to search through the categories in the warehouse app and it, it led to all the the different apps you can search and, and everything else. It's just the main feed was not working for some reason. But either way, I w- went in and tried to install the that Podcatcher app and it was throwing an error. And I guess uh, after looking into it, the error was because the, f- the phone was too <laughs> up to date. Uh, somebody had discovered that the reason was because the 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 phone and the date in the system is it needed to be set to the the year to at least the year 2015 <laughs> which it was kind of ridiculous but I tried it I set the phone's date and time back to 2015 and I was able to install the app through the the warehouse app the the podcatcher app through the warehouse app and so I was like, OK, but then I discovered also that somebody had come up with a fix so you don't have to turn the date back in the system every time you want to go in and install one of these apps. Uh, it's called the Aegis installer hack or something to that effect. And again, I'll put this all together in a blog post with all the links to these things. And so you install that on the phone uh, like you would any other side loaded app, and then it fixes it so you don't have to change the date back basically and so that worked really well and so I would install that and I went through and installed a few apps from the warehouse store and was able to to get a couple of the podcast apps up and up and running (laughs) so that was pretty exciting but like I said at the beginning the biggest caveat is that it seems to all have reverted back to not being able to install any more apps. Uh, Luckily, the ones that I have installed are still working. And not so luckily, that Podcatcher app is pretty terrible. Doesn't seem to be able to add a bunch of feeds uh, that I tried to add to it. And keep in mind, this is an older app. So uh, so I'm sure there are some feed standards and, and things that have changed over the years that, you know, kind of make the feeds invalid to this app. And so... Yeah, the podcatcher app, it was and it was definitely slow, (laughs) very slow app, very laggy. So it hadn't been developed, I think, very much. But I did also install the G Potter app. And that one actually was much faster, added more feeds and everything like that. But for some reason, I couldn't get the phone show chat podcast feed in there. And either of the apps uh, just didn't register as valid. So but either way, uh, I was happy to get those installed. uh, But I actually today I actually fired up the and nine in the morning you know while I was doing the morning routine and I was like oh, I'm gonna check something in that G Potter app because I was like oh I now I have a podcast app on there G Potter and so I decided to actually test out if it held the position of a currently playing podcast so basically I think I tested out whatever works the, the latest episode and started playing it, played it into about, a, you know, minute six, something very specific, and then shut the phone down and or, you know, powered it off and then powered it back on, went back into the app <laughs> and it had not held the position of the previously played podcast. 
So I think essentially if you close out the pot, the uh, the app, the G Potter app or restart the phone, you've lost your position in whatever podcast you're currently listening to. So essentially it's it doesn't work for it's not, you know, it's not perfect. And there's clearly a big caveat in that it will not keep the currently playing. There's no like playlist of of podcasts that you can manage in there that it keeps track of which is unfortunate. So because overall, I was kind of thinking of using the N9 as, you know, a detox kind of device to to go a little bit more simple and podcasts. I still want to have those if I'm going to be out of the house driving or something to that effect. But yeah, overall, went down a big old rabbit hole with this N9 this week. I'm still going to have to look into why it kind of reverted back and how to get things to kind of stay more stable. But uh, yeah, I just thought I'd share all that. I think I've gone way over <laughs> this this week on my time talking about this. So, but I'll, I'll keep everybody posted on where I am with this. And I'm very happy to have it in. It's definitely been a very geeky experience getting all that stuff set up. And so I was kind of hopeless the first couple of days trying to get this stuff installed. But like I said, I got that new firmware on there, which I think is the same firmware that was on there. But Either way, it, you know, kind of broke through the process of getting all this going. But yeah, good fun, you know, just good to good to use it again. Still a good little device and unfortunate that it never really made it to fruition. Okay, so let's wrap things up. I've just looked at my time. I think I've gone way over my 45 minutes this week. So just a lot to talk about. Good big tech week again for me. So yeah, overall, very uh, interesting, interesting week of notes and stuff to go over. So, oh, and I don't want to forget about the the Squirkle, which is the N9's preferred shape. Anyway, <laughs> I just didn't want to forget to mention the Squirkle. Uh, all hail the Squirkle. Either way, let's wrap things up. Thank you for tuning in. You can visit pixelswim.com for all of the show notes and social links if you want to follow along again. Or if you wanted to follow along uh, or if you want to leave any feedback, it's always appreciated. You can hit me up on social media or on the show notes page or via email, whatever you whatever you prefer. But anyway, yeah, let's uh, let's say our goodbyes. But anyway, have a great afternoon or evening or sunrise or sunset or high noon or whatever time it is when you're listening to this. So thanks again and Godspeed. speed.